0: so glad you said that because it ties well into the next subject. Um, which, first of all, everybody, I'm really enjoying this. We're already like an hour and a half. There's no way we're going to get through the rest of the subjects um, in a decent amount of time. But I, I do appreciate y'all's contribution so far. And I'm glad that, even um, though uh, know, this is the first time that we're doing this is that there's still, you know, a decent amount of, uh, of chemistry and people being able to make a contribution on each topic. Um, the next thing I wanted to move on to is uh, animal people. So there are people, people who call themselves dog people or cat people, or i.e. the people who say that I care more about animals or I have greater empathy for animals than oh, people.
1: I 100% thought you were talking about furries. My bad. Oh. <laughs> I, I was like, I, hey, most of them are nice. <laughs> I would, yeah, no, I, Not my I no, thing, I'm, but I did, a lot of them are really nice and polite and fursuits are expensive <laughs> I, I, I have no problems with
0: furries and it is is uh it's an interesting subculture and I but I have no beef with them okay but you, I do have.
1: you're, you're do, talking more I, like PETA stuff
0: PETA or not even it's it's not even always just PETA it's um because I mean PETA anybody can recognize PETA as a problem but um but more so just like everyday people who are just like oh I care more about my dogs or I would save my dog before I save a human being or like you know you know how people will say that, like, oh, you know, there was a homeless person. I didn't, you know, give a fuck about them both, but they had a dog with them, and then, you know, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, people do these different things, and it's just like after a while, it's kind of like I can't look at it as just a joke. I really start to think that, like, you know, people, you know, really do care about their animals more than than other human beings. And and let me just go in and say, give the caveat that I understand that. You know, for some people, maybe their experience with other human beings has largely been traumatic and negative. And I'm not going to tell somebody that 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 their experience is invalid or whatever. Um, but I'm just going to say is that if you if you espouse that point of view, then just understand if I see your ass drowning or if I see your ass in a fucking serious predicament, then I'm not going to fucking help you because I don't torture animals. I don't fuck with animals, even I don't consider myself an animal person. It's like, I don't, you know, believe in torturing animals. Um, I don't wear fur, even though I wouldn't tell somebody to not wear fur. But it's like, you know, I view human life in general um, as just having a certain amount of value, even if you are a piece of shit. Like, you'd have to really be a a, a, a disgusting human being for me to prioritize an animal over over uh, that human being. Um, because for one thing, it's so easy. Or actually, no. before I get into those, I don't want to dive too deep and just run my mouth what are y'all's thoughts and just um uh uh, just from your history or just from your, what are your thoughts on that folks we'll start with you adam
2: uh (laughs) it's such a huge topic um yeah i i it's not the first time i've ever heard that you know like oh like that homeless person has a dog i'm gonna give that person you know a few more bucks or whatever and but if it was anybody else that didn't have a pet or whatever then they just keep on walking but i mean it it's all personal preference i mean for it's just i don't know it's it's such a it's it's i don't know how to let me see what other people's preference are (laughs) it's it's interesting it's i it's it's, i never really thought about it i mean yeah like people are like pet you know they treat their pet as like a human being i mean yeah it's a life and you know as long as it's not you know there's. Yeah, let's hear somebody else's uh, point of view on it. What about you, Christine?
3: I'm guilty. I'm one of those guilty parties that love their animals dearly, but that doesn't mean I put my an animal over a human being. Mm-hmm. I I have three dogs. You know, my whole life I've actually grew up around animals. So whether it be a dog, a cat, a bird, a fish, I've had it, except for yeah. a reptile or a snake. I, I don't touch those. Right. But that that is a that is a tricky. It's a little bit of a tricky topic, you know, to bring about, you know, if you're a pet. But you know, I. I would say we would respect both, you know, animals and humans. I, I respect both because, you know, in ways that how you brought up about if you had a traumatic background, you know, yeah, I've, I've had some situations with some people, you know, in my past. I'm not going to lie about that. And, you know, you look for comfort and, you know, your, your animal, your pet's always nearby you. You know, they, they provide you that comfort, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, a pet, you know, they're your, to me, I treat my pets like my baby. They're like my babies, but you know, there's only so much a pet can do. You know, mm-hmm. they may provide that comfort. But, you know, that's my opinion about the pets.
0: Yeah, because the... Well, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Oh, no, no. You can go ahead. Somebody
0: um, else was about to chime in. Was that oh. Adam? Oh. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, a while back, I remember, there was this Instagrammer that she had a Siberian Husky. And, you know, the poor thing. I think she was only, like, three years old. But she had cancer. But... Yeah, she started a GoFundMe account for the thing to go through chemo and, you know, the whole process of treatment. And, you know, sadly the poor thing, you know, didn't make it. But, you know, I've heard stories of people go through great lengths that, like, when their dog is, you know, on the brink of life and death, that uh, they'll invest as much as they can, you know, to save that animal. I mean, for me, it's just like, I mean, it's just, it depends i mean like i have two doberman pinchers and like you know i love them dearly but i mean it, if it ever came to the, down to that circumstance that like you know they you know young and you know they had cancer i mean there's only you know it's just per i mean, it's just personal preference i mean you gotta do what's best for yourself that it doesn't financially you know you know ruin you but i mean it's just yeah.
0: Yeah, because the thing is, like the the main sticking point that I wanted to bring up, and then we'll pass it on to Dill, is that, like Christine mentioned, is that there's only so much that an animal can give you. Is that because? Is that two things? First of all, we bred dogs. Ninety-eight percent of dogs that fucking exist, we deme- we purposefully bred them to serve to serve us, basically. Yeah. Whether it's to watch over, you know, whether it's to hunt or to, uh, you know, guard us. Uh, while we're you know engaged in other activities and stuff, fight other animals or you know people and stuff. So it's like we purposefully bred them. They are utility, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like we like a tool. Like we made them like like you know use as a fucking tool. But okay. then secondly, because um, because you know animals, we don't engage with them. Uh, we can't communicate with them in the same way that we communicate with one another. It's easy to project, you know what I'm saying certain things on them. Like if you see a dog, like they don't know if they're smiling. You know what I'm saying? But the way that they, you know, react to shit and what and what we, you know, our understanding of emotions and expression and everything we look like, oh, the dog is smiling or like the dog is, you know, the cat is, you know, so selfish or, you know, so blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, these animals are just what they are. They're not able to, you know, tell you what they're thinking and be able to communicate with you in the same complexity or abstraction that a human being uh, can. And so that's what always kind of frustrates me about that. Is that like on one hand, yeah, I get that like there's a certain comfort that you get from interacting with an animal that you don't get from human beings. But also think about what is that what is that level of interaction you have with an animal? You're interacting with something that was bred first of all to satisfy you, whereas human beings, all, every human being is not here to make you happy, and they're no under under no obligation to. Um, and then you know, and then secondly, you know, this animal can never return the same level of, exp you know. Expressions and and, it's basically like how people think they have a relationship with their favorite social media figure, uh, the parasocial relationship. It's like the same thing with animals. You know what I'm saying? You're always going to feel like you have this connection with it, but it can never be returned to any degree. You know, um, inherently. Um, But what are your thoughts on that, Bill? Uh,
1: I've got a lot. Uh, the 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 main one, the the immediate thought that popped into my head when you brought up the topic was. uh, how much money was thrown down for uh, Australian wildlife versus how much money is thrown down for Flint? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes <laughs> so and... stuff, stuff like that. There's stuff like that because it's um it, the idea of like having that uh, hierarchy is is pretty fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. I, I see both sides, right? So primarily, I'm just out and say it. Primarily, I my beliefs line up with what you were saying, Brandon, where I value human life much more but i've at least had the i've been able to empathize with with the like with the mentality of pet owners um because a, a big part of it is pets versus humans or animals in general versus humans is there's an inherent um the good and bad of animals is that they're uh there's really no morality involved they don't for better or for worse So you won't have like an evil animal you won't, might and might not necessarily have like a good one either but you're not going to have like a dog that's plotting to, to betray you you know and mm-hmm. I think there's there's that purity involved with pets and with animals and people I think that people gravitate towards because mm-hmm. they, they know they can get that from animals whereas humans it's rare or unheard of you know for better or for worse you know and there's that there's that connection and um, you know and, and in some ways uh, animals too are sur- are somewhat surrogates or those sorts of relationships, you know, uh, the, the, the term fur babies, as much as everybody wants to make fun of it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I've come around to a lot of that sort of thinking because my, my, my twin brother has cats, and, like, he's explained a lot of this to me in vivid detail, like how it, it, it's on you. Like, this, this creature is depending on you. Like, it, it, it'll die if you don't take care of it. And so mm-hmm. there's that, when something is depending on you, there's that emotional connection involved. So like I can yeah. I can get you know I can I can get it, but the the that wildfire thing pissed me off so much.
0: Yeah, I mean it's I mean the thing is and 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 um you know examples of that abound, um you know whether it's it's it's, you know whether it's um you know money being pr- you know prioritized for like wildlife reservations which I mean I do think that's important but then when you also have like. Issues with homelessness or issues with, you know, huge economic disparity and blah, 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 blah. Um, it's like, okay, this is a situation, this is where it's like, okay, clearly you look at certain people as deserving shit, of deserving certain basic human, uh, uh, or access to resources or whatever, and other people as not deserving.
1: So, like, s- slight, I'm sorry to interrupt, but slight, like, I don't want to say, like, counter or even devil's advocate, but the thing to consider in all of this is um there's not like a real separation of like there's not city versus environment it's all one without sounding too much like a hippie i mean this literally it's all one planet and so like people mentally separate like so you give the example of like the wildlife preserve like that biodiversity legitimately matters because yeah. all of this shit has to come from somewhere so yeah. it's, it's a balance right it's a balance mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because, you know, like I said before, like, even though I don't wear fur, I wouldn't, you know, tell somebody else not to wear fur, um, not because, not, not because you know, only, the only reason being is that, yeah, there's the, you know, way that fur is harvested, but there's also, you know, when you wear artificial fur or just artificial clothing and shit, there's so much uh, chemicals and, um, you know, waste and exploitation that comes from that. Or you know, people talk about, oh, I'm vegan, I don't eat any animals, you know, substances and shit. It's like, okay, but but land still has to be grazed and allocated to grow resources um, for for uh, to feed you. And you know, I'm saying it's just trading acres of grassland to feed cattle or you know, to house chickens and livestock and shit for growing soybeans and and um, you know, you know, vegetables and shit like that. It's like. It's like yeah, you can talk about lesser environmental impact, and even though I eat meat, it's like I do acknowledge the fact that the way that we consume and and harvest meat is unsustainable and really um, uh, immoral in many fashions. Um, it's that it's it's like it's like okay, if I don't, if you want to eat meat, you should. I should be able to do that, and if I you know want to use a meatless substitute, I should be able to do that. But like, it's like get off people's you know, it's like it's giving people more you know uh, choices in that respect. Um, But it's 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 you know, yeah, I get I guess, you know, to say of course everything we can we can nuance every any conversation to death. But really what I was just trying to get to is
1: just
0: Uh. (laughs) 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 nuance. Um but there's basically the point I was just trying to get to is just get a you know, a temperature check on where people, you know, just fall on the issue and why. And so it's just like, Yes, while, you know, I don't like you know animals being abused i don't like you know you know blah blah blah, blah. it's like when i see people making posts about like oh they abused an animal where well, they deserve to die and shit or that like um to bring up an older example like with michael vick it's like yeah the stuff he did was horrendous and you know um you know he deserved to get jailed and fined and shit like that um uh, uh and all those dog fighting you know motherfuckers and then some people were just like no he should not be allowed to show his face in society he should never be welcomed back and you know, what I'm saying he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame of football. It's like, look, the shit he did was horrendous, but that was in his, you know, civilian life, and he paid the price in his civilian life and had to take a seat from his professional career and shit. And so it's just like, you know, I mean, that's kind of weaving more into like cancel culture in general, um, and we can get to that. But just, but just talking about how it's like, um, uh, 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 uh yeah, to a certain degree, people doing horrendous things. Um, uh, I err on the side of of for the most part allowing people to redeem themselves or to uh, uh and just erring on the side of prioritizing um, uh, other human beings before before animals, yeah. even though i don't even though I don't condone you know what I'm saying a lot of the shit like whether it's whether it's doing makeup tests on animals or the way that the meat is harvested or the, you know factory farming and and shit like that. And, and like animal fights and cockfighting and dogfighting and shit like that. I, I
1: think you know? the reason that it's considered so heinous by so many people is the idea that these um, these creatures can't really defend themselves. Like a human being would be able to self advocate, but the the creatures would not. You know, I
0: sure. mean, The thing is, a lot of I mean, the thing is that like people get killed by animals. It's like it's it's uh, same, the thing, the
1: same deal. Is, same deal. They they are amoral. I mean, they they right, are they're I, animals. <laughs> right but but
0: but here's the thing though is that plenty of other human beings are being genocided or abused and, and in these fucked up situations it's, and it's and, not, and the same it's people not binary
1: the, i'm not 100 i'm not trying to like i said i already i agree with you and i, right. I put human beings on the, the higher pedestal here because we make art but <laughs> i've thought about this a lot guys i've thought about this for years
0: Yeah. No, no, I'm not. The thing is, I'm not even saying that you're doing that. I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm really just explaining. um, I'm just really just trying to, you know, explain my views more. So it's not just like, oh, humans are just better just because, you know, I'm saying, you know, uh, uh, you know, they're more useful or I can, you know, saying have inside jokes or whatever. I'm just trying to elaborate. I'm just trying to elaborate that. What was that?
1: I I just said you're good, dude. I, I, For some reason, I really felt the urge to play devil's advocate a little bit there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there's, no problem with, there's no problem with that I was you know yeah I was just saying that I'm just like it's just it just gets frustrating because now is a time when we depend on our human relationships more than ever you know so we're not going to get through this without the without the relationships we have in humans and the thing is is that I'm something you know as somebody who's never really had pets um and has had to struggle with developing relationships with people and finally getting into a time when I feel that I'm at it's the easiest for me to be able to do that I'm just like damn like I understand, it's like on one hand, I understand how people who haven't been able to develop those relationships and develop those social skills and stuff, you know, how they can feel like, you know, they're too far gone or too far behind or too out of the loop to want to try to connect with people and just stick with their animals. Um, I just feel like in the long run, there's a lot more value that we get out of the human relationships Um uh, so, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like just having more of a utilitarian perspective on it. So yeah, there's a lot of people who have that, I share that emotional bond with. But most human beings are only – I'm not going to have that bond with. They're just going to serve a function in my life, whether it's going about doing their jobs or just not bumping into me at the streets or, you know, saying not coughing on food that I would like to purchase from a grocery store. <laughs> hey, uh,
1: uh, Sandboy, actually, could yes. can I ask uh, Chris, Christina a question? Okay. Um. Yeah, well, sure. go ahead. Yeah, like... So, uh, sorry, oh, this... spoke for Christine. <laughs> well, I, I, hey, no... I To speak to Christine. <laughs> no, it's because you're, you're, like, moderating. That's the only reason. Sorry, yeah, Christine, no, no. I'm yeah, not sorry. trying to... Anyway, the reason I was... Uh, uh, this this talk about animals, since you, you said you're, uh you know, you've been a, a lifelong pet owner, it, it just... Uh, I was curious if, like, how these interactions with all these animals all the time have given you, like, extra perspective on... You know human relationships, you know, because uh, both both Brandon and I have not Brandon, you, I mean, uh, you said that you uh, haven't owned any, haven't had any pets before, right? Who's Brandon? Sam Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep bringing up this Brandon guy.
0: No, it's all no, because I keep yeah, because I keep you know you know me. I'm all, I'm very I've been very inconsistent with my name. I was every, good I was,
1: until I yeah. wasn't. Yeah,
0: it's all it's we'll all fix good, it man. in
1: post. We'll fix it in post.
0: We'll fix it in post. That's right. No, but um. <laughs> No, we had like a family dog when I was a kid and I always wanted to oh, own ever but right. I never wanted, but I never actually committed to it. So nah. I we had a family dog, but even then I didn't interact with it too much. Okay.
1: Anyway, so that uh, point's gone. Whatever. Either yeah. way, I was <laughs> curious, Christine, just just skip all of that, just back to over here. If, <laughs> uh, like I said, if, um, if having pets has given you any extra perspective.
3: Perspective, as in?
1: Like with dealing with people. Like, I, I don't know. Does that question make sense?
3: Um more more let me give more of an example perspective. I'm, try, I'm trying to think. You know, I d I don't think it's affected me at all whether okay. if I'm I'm dealing with a pet or a dog. It, it doesn't it, it really doesn't make it doesn't make really much of a change, you know. Okay. Um, or
0: so so have there been, been no insights um into how um like oh say that you came home from a long day of work and everybody you interacted with has been kinda shitty or not really, you know, considering Christine's needs. And then you get home to the, you know, your pet or whatever. And, you know, just having something that lays in your lap or just having something that just shows you um, joy, even though it's just at the prospect of being petted or being fed their favorite treat or food, um, it's still, you know, being approached with that. And then, you know, maybe that just provides the insight of like, damn, I wish that I had more people in my life, human beings, whom, you know, I'm saying would just call in and check in on me, or that would just, you know, saying, ask me how I'm doing, or that somebody who would just was just happy to see me or just happy to hear me. You know? Right. Has there been any of those kind of like insights about like interactions with pets and what, and what it's made you think about your human relationships in that manner?
3: Oh, of course. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that if you, whether regardless if you're a pet owner or you like me, like I'm a pet owner, you know, of course you'd kind of want that a little bit more of an interaction. You know, if, if somebody would give you a call or, you know, or message you, or like I said, I, you know, of course there's some days that are like that and then there's some days that I'm okay with it you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: right 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 yeah um, okay sweet so uh, did you have any last any final thoughts on that uh, Adam before we move on to the uh, the uh, uh, the next subject which hopefully I'll remember by the time you uh, you answered this question
2: uh, no I'm pretty good <laughs> god damn it. It, 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 it I mean I mean <laughs> I needed you to stall. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, human interaction is super important. And like right now, like, you know, it's hard. I mean, I feel like I've been making a little more effort calling people and seeing how they're doing. But I don't really get much, not really that much effort of people hitting me up. Yeah. But, But then again, like, maybe you do have to make the move of like actually hitting other people up and then it kind of, and then it reciprocates, reciprocate? reciprocate, reciprocate, yeah, yeah, yeah you got back him, and man. forth, you got it. Yeah. so, you know, I hope, I hope this, you know, during this whole process, and everything that we're going through, that it actually does, you know, give more understanding, and more outreach to people, and like, I know a lot of people right now are kind of, I feel like it's, You know, mentally, it's, you know, it's affected me as well. But I mean, with like meditation and like trying to stay busy with music. But yeah, I mean, deep down, a lot of people right now are suffering mentally and, you know, need Mm -hmm. somebody to reach out. And it could be you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. As a matter of fact, it is. It has been me.
1: Uh, (laughs) uh,
0: uh, But no, but actually, you know what? That's great because I forgot the other topic that I wanted to discuss, but you brought us something else that I want to bring up which um, is that no relationship is 50-50. Yep. And that um, this kind of actually ties back into – this actually kind of ties back into, like, the leverage and power discussion because, um, you know, it's like sometimes in order to get things done, you have to be willing to be that leader and for people to look at you and be like, oh, who's this motherfucker think he is to call shots and shit? It's like, well, nobody else was, or, or the people who were doing it were doing a shittier job than me. Ding, 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 um, ding. You know, <laughs> so then so then the same thing applies to, like – relationships like so so like you said reaching out sometimes you have to reach out to people first and you know they could, there's a multitude of internal and external reasons you know there have been a bunch of people like since this quarantine who i've reached out to and hit up and you know some of them uh didn't hit back um some of them hit back but you know it kind of failed you know it kind of uh, uh you know it kind of stopped immediately after the first couple of messages and then there are other people who were kind of like oh wow it was really great to actually you know engage and realize that we can talk you know saying more at length about stuff and so it's like sometimes, depending on whatever traits that you have, like like I said, in the last like several years, I've become been discovering more of my extroverted side and learning how to socialize and just interact with you know people and build up that rapport with strangers. And the thing that I have to be reminding myself of is that there are a lot of people who are who still haven't discovered that or will never discover that. There are people who live their whole lives till old age and never really, you know learn how to develop their extroverted side or their highly social side. And so it's like, While on one hand, I may get in my feelings and be like, damn, I feel like, you know, 70, I feel like it's a 70-30 relationship where 70% of the time I have to initiate things. And then, you know, what they return, seeing the return in favor is only 30% of it. But, but, you know, once again, the thing I have to tell myself was like, okay, the question I have to ask myself is, is, is what you have to do, what I try to do in that situation, I think, is that, okay. I'm going to take a step back or I'm going to say something different or do something different and see how they react. And like, if I pull back, will they inquire? Will they try to fill up, will they fill up that space, you know what I'm saying? And and overtake that, you know, space that I left, or will they just continue to let it rot? Or will they at least inquire as to like, Hey, you seem to have changed and blah, 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 blah. And then kind of go from there. But it's like, you know, like I have, you know, different people in my life and shit who I'm like, I only see them a couple times a year. I only hear about them, you know, every few months and shit. But it's like we're able to pick up from that time. And so yeah. it would be, you know, it's very easy for me to be like, damn, I'm not getting, you know, saying, damn, I wish they would have hit me back on this message or damn, I wish they would have offered more to this conversation or damn, I wish they would have, you know, blah, 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 blah. But at a certain point, I'm just kind of like, you know what? If this is the most that I can get out of this individual, this 30%, then as long as it's not really stressing me out too much or I don't feel like I'm being abused, it's like, whatever, all it's, you know, then whatever, I'll go with those terms of the relationship and just get this 30%. It's like, if I can't get the 70, 80% that I want, you know, uh, I'll at least get the 30 or 40%, you know? And it's like, sometimes you have to be the one to take the charge and be willing to be like, all right, I'm the one that's giving more in this relationship. But it's like, you know what? I still ultimately want this thing to, um uh, I want to maintain this bond and so you know maybe if it becomes more expensive maybe maybe if it demands more input from me later on I will um uh oh Adam just let the chat maybe that was his signal maybe he'll get back on um but but yeah but, but yeah I mean y'all get the gist uh, so Christine what are your thoughts on that about sometimes you have to sometimes in order to maintain a certain relationship or bond you have to recognize that you're going to be contrib- contributing more to it uh, than the other than the others.
3: Wouldn't that kind of fall into uh, compromise as well too, when it comes to fifty-fifty as well? But like.
0: Well, they... well, well, com- well, com- well, compromise. The whole thing about compromise is that it's supposed to be about like, okay, we come to a 50-50, un- or, we, or we, or we. Well, yeah, basically it's kind of in the same vein as that. But um, uh, uh, it's like sometimes you have to recognize that okay, the compromise in this situation is me giving up seventy and them giving up thirty, or vice versa, and that um, either accepting those, either accepting that as is or, or throwing it away because some people will, you know, cause sometimes people will get into arguments or get into fights and disagreements and be like, you know, yeah, we, we agree on these 10 or 12 things but the one or two things we disagree on. We're going to completely throw out the whole, the whole fucking thing. And, um, it's like my attitude, like I said, is, is started to change from you know canceling people in that manner or thinking about like, oh, this thing upset me, so I'm just gonna completely shut them off out and just recognizing, okay, these are the spaces and this is the degree to which I can engage with them or these are the topics or this is what this person is willing to contribute and willing to offer, whether for internal or like, external reasons. But that's what it is. And um uh, just kinda and so it's less of a it's less of like like a like a uh, like a compromise like oh um um Because because the compromise is kind of like, okay, we both kind of accept the fact that these are the terms, whereas what I'm describing is you just kind of recognizing that, oh, this is just what this person has to offer. So, for example, one of my, you know, like romantic partners, um, whom uh, I rarely get to see because she was living out here for a while, but then she moved back to her hometown across the country. And so, you know, I've seen her, we've seen each other a couple of times when we're in each other's states, um, but obviously it's not a regular thing. Now I could just be upset and just be like, oh, okay, that was fun or whatever, and uh, just kind of let that just be a story or whatever. But it's like I still, we still keep in contact, we still follow each other's posts and whatnot. And you know, if we're still single and happen to see each other again, then shit will be popping. But it's just like, you know, I don't have to stress about it. I'm not tripping over it. So it's like just recognizing that, okay, I'm only going to be able to get, you know, get this much out of a relate, out of this, um, this bond, but that I still want to maintain that bond you know, even right. if that's the most I can get out of it. So what are your, so about, um, uh, so your thoughts on that?
3: True, you know, you know, I've been kind of stuck in that kind of a predicament too, but, you know, things just didn't work and, you know, that you had to let it go. You had to let it go. And this was like years ago. So, and it's true what you state, you know, sometimes the opposite person's going to have to put more and more, and that's what I did. I tend to put more, I put more a long time ago and yeah, it, it blew up. Yeah. Dead work yeah see so yeah. I mean, I mean, what you mean by you can give or take or like yeah. I said or more persons gonna put more
0: right right like you have a th- like of course there's a threshold um, you know of, of, of your limit and um, but the thing is just recognizing okay if you're okay with the terms of you know whatever um I just hit up Adam hopefully he'll uh, maybe it's just his internet connection maybe he had to go to the bathroom again but um uh, hopefully he gets back on the chat but Dylan, your thoughts on uh on on that, on um, relationships or not. And not just, like, romantic relationships, but just the bonds that we have with other people in general are not 50-50.
1: Well, what you're talking about was 100% the entirety of my 20s. Like, right. everything that you just described. Um, and so, like, when I started out, like, as, as 18-year-old Dylan, I, I saw, my philosophy was, like, if I shake your hand and I learn your name, I consider you a friend. You know? I was, like, really, really idealistic. And... I, I made the mistake of thinking that everyone would give the same amount to any sort of relationship that I was giving and long long story short I agree with both philosophies that it is 100% okay to just cut somebody out completely if uh, if they're just not br- bringing any sort of like positive contribution to your life and I think the older I get, basically what you were saying brandon is that to expect as sad as this sounds to be okay with expecting less from people <laughs> like yeah, i know sounds that sounds fucked up but like it's it's healthier be- and you you basically have to like have these mental thresholds for people mm-hmm. and the, the yeah. i think where things get really really messy is finding out where those are
0: Yes, because you only know, you only learn through that experience. You only learn by offering, you know what I'm saying, yourself up and either being rewarded with either being reciprocated or either being your actions um, being reciprocated or being ignored or being abused or, you know, whatever. So it's like you have to actually go through that. But it's like that's what built, you know, it's like you have to go through it. Um, You know, like I was talking with one of my, um, uh, uh, somebody who I was dating and before and uh, we just recently like in the last months uh, before the the pandemic and everything we had been chatting again or whatever and um, one of the things that she related is that because she was I mean we're both late bloomers but she but she was even later and one of the things that she mentioned was that because she had waited so long to start dating and developing romantic relationships and shit a lot of the stuff that people had gone through in their teens and their early 20s she was only discovering in her mid to late 20s oh yeah and um it's so the thing is is that like yeah maybe it was kind of a, maybe and in, 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 there's always a trade-off so yeah it's there's you know benefits to not getting tied down with that shit and the stuff that romantic relationships can entail during that time in our lives um the thing is is that if you do eventually want that down the road then you're going to have to basically learn from scratch um at a much later time in your life when you have when you're much more set in your ways, and when you have a much more finite idea of what it is that you want, and so maybe that's limiting, and so that limits the pool of potential um, uh, partners and whatnot, you know, because um, I'm, you know, because I'm somebody who was like the opposite of you, where I was very much like, you know, it, it was more like self sabotage, where I would look for any reason basically to, to uh, not fuck with somebody or to decide that. Um, um oh Adam's saying that his phone died and he can't use the computer because uh, uh somebody else is on it. So um Aww. he'll che- he'll check back in on five. Maybe he'll be able to come back in or not. We'll see. Um but uh, but I mean if y'all can still keep going, I probably still could go for at least another forty five minutes or an hour if y'all still shit. up for. I know I know it's a lot, but the thing is I'm probably still gonna edit good fifteen, twenty minutes. So it'll be it'd be you know and plus i'll break and plus i'll break them down i'll break the thing is i am gonna break them down into segments and stuff like i'll break them down into like 10 12 or 15 minute segments and shit um i mean that that's cool but i still but the thing is i just enjoy being able to chat with people and talk about these ideas i don't get to you know discuss these things very often yeah um but in any case we'll try to keep it moving you still there christine
3: yeah i'm still here
0: all right awesome um so, but yeah, it's like me. I kind of had the opposite where, like, I would self-sabotage and look for any reason to kind of like, uh, fuck this job and just walk away or drop a class or just walk away from interacting with somebody and just kind of and just kind of let myself just sit in that in that immediate emotional response of, oh, well, well, fuck it, um, you know, that's that's you know, done and 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 you know, not do that. And some people, you know, I've been able to repatch those those bridges with and and rebuilt those bridges. But it's like looking back, I'm just like, God damn, like I threw away so many bonds and relationships and shit for no good reason. I walked away from shit, you know, for no good reason. And it's like, yeah, on one hand, it was good to learn to do that. It's good to be able to have those traits and be able to learn when it's, you know, when you're not being satisfied and you're, you're doing things on terms that aren't, you know, you don't want, but then it's like, after a while you have to start to recognize, okay, how much of this is just me just being an asshole and just being demanding, or not really having a lot of uh, perspective and experience, or not being able to see things outside my own perspective? Um, and so, like now, from like my mid twenties onwards, has kind of been like the opposite of like, you know, kind of do more of that of that uh, uh, of just accepting the fact that, you know, what some people can only give so much, and just learning to accept that and not get so mired in my own feelings
1: about it. I mean that—that that sounds like that was the defense mechanism for you, anyway. You know, mm-hmm. prevented you from getting too invested in too much.
0: Yeah, I mean it's—it's it's that, and then you know it's that, but it was also like a hangover from certain behaviors I had as a kid. It's also just timidness and inexperience, and so you know it—it it, it went from a went from a time of me being able to quit things, whether it was Boy Scouts or being able to quit sports teams or quit. You know I'm saying blah 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 when things weren't going my way or when I felt upset, as opposed to accepting the fact that you're gonna be upset or be dissatisfied or have to do things, commit to things that you really don't want to do. And um, you know once again, there's a threshold for that, and you kind of learn what your threshold is through trial and error. But it's like one of the things that I recognized afterwards was that some of that was just the hold, some of it was just a holdover from my teenage years of just abandoning shit at the first sign of discomfort or, uh, things just not going my way. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it has some value to me during my late teens and early adulthood, but then in all, in other ways, it was really detrimental. Um, and so, you know, it's just learning how to incorporate that other side and, and leaning into that, you know, leaning into that other thing, you know, so part of it was, you know, self-defense and then also some of it was just having bad habits and, um, you know, saying needing to be, needing to have a kick in the ass, to uh, say, hey, you got to do things. You got to incorporate different ways of doing things. You can't just always decide to cut and run when shit doesn't go your way. What about you, Christine? What are your any further thoughts on that?
3: You know, you know, you it's funny you brought that up because you know I kind of had kind of like certain habits when I was a little bit younger that you know sometimes you know if certain things go bad, you know, you just want to say, you know what, I'm gonna avoid this and just you know leave. leave. But you know, as, as I'm older now, you know. You just have to kind of face you have to face whatever gets thrown at you in ways.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, like I mentioned before and then we'll move on to the next subject. Um, and I wanna talk about self I wanna talk about self sabotage a little bit more. Um, <laughs> is is hold on, sorry. I'm grabbing something real quick. But after this is done, I'm gonna be smoking a bunch more weed, so I'm just trying to get that <laughs> get that ready. <laughs>
1: we'll cut that all out in post but anyway um, <laughs> it sounded like you were just diving into a box of captain Crunch. <laughs> yeah,
0: sorry about that sorry about that um but but the last thing i'll say before we go into self-sabotage is um so like yeah i play in a couple bands and shit and like i organized i was organizing events at a at a place in called bridgetown diy and shit and um you know, it's like most, I don't want to practice. I don't want to most of the time go to rehearsal. It's like, yeah, I enjoy hanging out with my, with my musician friends. And obviously I love once I get into it, playing the music, but I've never been somebody who I could just sit around and just play guitar for 12, 14 hours, or just listen to music and shit by bands for like 10, 12 hours and shit straight. It's like, I like music, but I still like to be able to walk away from it and do other things that have nothing to do with music. Um, You know, saying so. So part of my journey, and and then the other thing, like with organizing events, it's like I don't always want to be hanging out at events or have to like, you know, organize with people and communicate with people and make sure people return messages and shit like that. But it's like that's part of what it takes. And if I'm going to be able to get certain things done, it's like I have to be willing to accept the fact that, okay, a lot of artists clearly don't return messages or they show up late or they like to get fucked up more than they should, um, you know, saying before they go to perform and stuff. But it's just like. At a certain point you just have to ex- I just have to accept that that's what it is and either accept that that's how this business is and how the game goes and deal with it or get into a different game you know um, but to get into the next topic, self-sabotage you know or the ways in which we you know set our you know the ways in which we um you know i mean it's it's self-explanatory the ways in which we fuck up opportunities in our life um you know, I remember earlier in my, or actually, no, before I, I've been talking so much. But do y'all have any uh, things you'd like to say about self sabotage?
1: I, I have a huge amount, but I definitely want to let uh, Christine go before. Oh no,
3: right. you can talk sweet, to... and Adam,
1: and Adam's about to
0: rejoin again pretty soon. Marvelous.
1: Okay, well, I guess if if I'm if I'm gonna go, uh, the self self sabotage <laughs> has been the main antagonist of my life. Mm. Uh, from grade school to present. It really... um, Really? Yes, absolutely. And the thing is, the thing that's crazy about it is I didn't fully realize how, like, much of an undercurrent it was until very, very recently. Like, this year. Yeah. I, I went on... This is, like... It's funny and, like, sad and crazy at the same time, but I went on, like, this... Like, I went on a legit, like booze bender one night like got super shit face and the crazy thing was <laughs> i i realized that I, I had like had this epiphany about the all this under of uh, this undercurrent of self-sabotage where anytime i'd get too close to like making a really big uh sense of progress i would mm-hmm. like have to kick myself down a notch and it, it had been happening at, at that point for over a decade you know i mean mm-hmm. like in, in in different ways through childhood, but it ramped up to like eleven when I had uh, when I had failed out of uh, a for-profit uh, art school, the Art Institute of mm-hmm. California, Orange County.
2: Oh, okay.
3: It
1: was an, an incredibly expensive way to find out that I don't want to make games for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I took that really hard because before then, I I you know with the no child left behind mentality of school and everything, <laughs> I really was like. I didn't realize it, but summer schooling my way through all of my academic failures and like having no work ethic to speak of was mm-hmm. this time bomb ready to go off. And then I went to, you know, I went to this predatory college and just 100% fell into the mousetrap. And the problem was the lesson I took out of it. And I didn't know this until again, a friggin' decade later, the lesson I had take out, taken out of it was this pattern of self-sabotage of like this this automatic path in my life that i thought was on a rail like i was like step one go to elementary Mm -hmm. middle school high school then i'll uh, go to this college get a job in game design and i'll make games and be creative and everything will work out and it's it's a very 18 year old way of thinking but unfortunately like i just i didn't have anything thrown any proper obstacles thrown in my way so that I would like crash and fall at a more appropriate time, and unfortunately, I, I felt like a really costly time. Yeah. And I took, like I said, subconsciously, I took a really bad lesson out of it. And so, I had all this, this decade of meandering. And that night, when I had that friggin' bender, the crazy mm-hmm. thing to me was I realized it before the bender, and the bender was like this mandatory all right, it's time for you to hit the bottom so you can spring back up. <laughs> It was conscious. It was a conscious decision. It was the strangest yeah. thing. It was so fucking weird. Yeah, it's
0: like you. It's like you finally realize. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like having the, it's like really coming to grips with shit, and acknowledging that okay. I'll put it like this. So like I used to sit back earlier my musician. Oh Adam, by the way, he rejoined the chat, and and we're okay. just talking, Welcome and back. we're talking about, and we're talking about self sabotage.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and. um...
2: It was
0: fun. Yeah. And and like, no, like you said, you had to learn a very valuable lesson. It took a lot of money, a lot of your time and mental space and shit. And then you had to come to this revelation. And then you realize the key thing that you said here was that it was a conscious decision. Because as an artist, um, and I think everybody here in this chat is a creative in some way. They create to some degree. Um, Is that when we talk about, people talk about inspiration, um, especially when we, you know, at least when I was younger, I thought that it was just something I would just wake up one day and I would just have it. And so this is so part of my self-sabotage and part of why it took me so long to get my shit together was I was like, you know, I knew people who were musicians or artists who could spend, they would do pull all-nighters or they would spend 12, 14 hours, you know, saying just devoted on one thing. And I would be like, oh, my time will come. I'll wake up one day and it'll just be, I'll just be like that. You know what I'm saying? I'll just be able to tap into that shit. Not realizing or not recognizing the fact that, okay, yeah, there are some people who just have that initiative in them, but even prodigies have to practice. Even prodigies have to rehearse. Even prodigies have to go and expose themselves to all different perspectives and ways of doing things and take the competency that they naturally have to the next level. I was foolish enough to think that I was just going to wake up one day and have inspiration and creativity foisted upon me because it would just come from the, the, the heavens. I didn't, I, it took me later to realize, like, no, creativity and inspiration is work, and that you have to keep the pipe, you have to keep the pipe primed, so that we, by the time you do have that random lightning in a bottle or whatever, you'll be able to capture the goddamn thing. You know, um, you know, part of my self sabotage was also thinking that because I never saw myself as a leader, or really never saw myself as being competent, especially competent at anything. Um I always felt like I had to look to somebody else for direction and wait for somebody else's cue and wait for somebody else to say or basically just just following somebody else's lead because my lead wasn't going to go anywhere and so it that's and so it's like I always had a work ethic I could always grind and shit but I was always grinding for somebody to the more so for the benefit of somebody else and it took a while for me you know of not really developing in the way that I wanted to to realize like, oh shit, I've been putting so much more effort into developing shit for other people and not developing the things that I want because that would require me to actually like have to start pulling all-nighters. or That would require me to have to take more time and focus on one thing as opposed to being more scatterbrained. Um, Which, you know, like you said, it had to be a conscious decision. And it's like, it's almost like a switch went off, but it was a switch that was always there and that I wasn't willing to switch or willing to flip, excuse me. But since Adam, since you rejoined the chat and then we'll go to Christine, your comments on self-sabotage.
2: Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I remember in high school, I remember uh, MI came to my school and they were just like, yeah, like, you know, I thought this was like an like an incredible school to actually go to and all that. And you're, you're a musician and you're set for life and all that. And, mm-hmm. all, you know, all these art school, you know, all this, like, Perform, you know, art schools came in and all that, and I thought like, man, like they give it. All you gotta do is just like you learn, and then you're set. But yep. in a heart, in reality, they're just take. They just want to take your money, and you know, you honestly come out with nothing, and it's sad. Like I, in the past, like I've sold. I remember I sold the guitar to this kid that came from Wyoming, and he moved to L. A. totally shit, and. You know I you know, I was conversing with them like, oh like, you know, trying to pick up guitar, he's like, Yeah, like get, uh parents gave me some money and you know, I'm only nineteen and you know, I really want to go to MI and they truly believe in me and I was just like oh like I was just like deep down just like shoot, how do I do this not and I don't know. <laughs> and an honest way to not crush this kid's dreams.
0: yeah
2: yeah and i told him, i i i gave him the honest opinion i'm like i guess i mean you could go i mean if you're if your parents are paying for it but i mean (laughs) i mean as long as you know what you're gonna get out of it but i'm just gonna tell you that like you know there's been musicians that have come out of places of bakersfield and all these like dirt towns out in like the midwest or whatever and they've managed to success you know in my honest opinion like you know anything is possible but you know i'm just telling you from you know here in la like it's still competitive
3: Mm -hmm. you know
2: it's no you know for a lot of people who have glamorized that like la is like the music and movie capital to like make it in it's it's honestly not it's no you know you could probably have higher chances out in the middle of nowhere or somewhere and then you know gain momentum there and then you know it's just it just depends how much you put yourself out there it's pretty much you seeing yourself as an investment and how hard you're gonna how hard you're gonna work at it you know yeah like there's yeah you know, for me you know i love to write music and i feel like it's hit me a hot a like hard lately with uh with writing and that just comes down to just a lot of screwing up in my life which Mm -hmm. i honestly don't would never take back and that's just how art is like i don't think i've ever heard of anybody's story that they've managed to succeed but not start from dirt
0: (laughs) yeah we're not we're not even starting from dirt but just like struggle or having to come to some having to come to grips with Side to themselves that maybe you're as, as sometimes it's referred to in psychology um is that embracing your shadow
3: or recognizing
0: yeah. your shadow is that you have to accept the fact that like no that you uh you know I'm saying that you are uh you know whatever your vices are maybe you eat too much or maybe you're prone to you know getting too high and slacking on certain obligations or you know you're prone to you know doing those things and it's like you shouldn't keep hiding from those things just accept the fact yeah. like okay i do this shit and like okay what are certain behaviors and mindsets and conditions that I can, what's in my control that I can do to offset those negative behaviors instead of pretending they don't exist or that I can be above them? Yeah. I mean,
2: I honestly think it's all timing and, you know, maybe it's not your time yet, you know, when you want things to fall into play for as much as us as human beings, we try to force it like a, like an opposite puzzle piece or whatever, but, Mm -hmm. you know, everything is all timing. And when it's meant to be, it's it's gonna happen. Maybe maybe somehow the universe doesn't want you to have that, but there's gonna be something else in store for you, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what I've come to terms with, like with some things in life that like you want. And I mean, I don't know what other people's preferences are on that. Yeah. If- what about you, Christine? Self self sabotage.
3: Interesting. You know, I can agree with a lot of. You know everybody's opinion about self sabotage. You know, for me, I have been through self sabotage from teen to I would say mid twenties now. Uh, when I mean by the self sabotage, I mean by behavior and opportunities. Behavior. When I was younger, I always allowed. I always self basically. I always allowed everybody to run over me. I always, you know, I really didn't really say much or, you know, what uh, I just left whatever. Now as to now, I'm. Being a bit more vocal and being more, you know, respectful, or say, hey, you know, I don't like that. I'm gonna put you in your place. Right. Opportunity, you know, I've been kind of lucky, and sometimes on opportunities because there's an old saying, you know, opportunities only come once. You know, in, in my terms, you know, I've been lucky. Some opportunities have come twice, so I always try to, you know, jump on those opportunities.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. We don't always, um, you know, we don't always. We we get upset. When things don't go our way, but then we're not always honest with um, if we actually prepared enough, if we actually did, you know, met the mark of, of requirements, the basic requirements um, that it takes to get things, uh, certain things done. Um, you know, sometimes it can be easier to 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 just kind of look at the way that you to feel exhausted or to feel strained in doing certain things and be like, okay, I've exhausted myself or I've expended a certain amount of energy, but not realizing that, okay. But in order to but in order to actually achieve the things that you want, you have to go past that limit. Like you have to test your limits in that capacity. And then that's when you find out, like, okay, can you really can you really stomach the requirements that it, you know, takes to, you know, make it a certain thing. Like what Adam was saying, you know, we live uh, um, or or we're, you know, we're relatively close to LA or whatever, it's SoCal, Hollywood and shit. And so, you know. They they make billions of dollars off of that shit of, of keeping people coming from all over the world. That if yeah if you can make it in like Hollywood is the place where you know some random motherfucker can come up and come through the ranks and shine and you know saying off the merits of their art and hard work and, and blah 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 blah. And the, and the thing is it's just like you know whether it's the revelations of a, like a Harvey Weinstein or whether it's um uh, uh or, or or whether it's seeing the the uh, intervention of like intelligence and in in government agencies into getting films uh, made, uh, basically making them like quasi propaganda or basically just making them propaganda <laughs> for a mainstream audience, um, you know, saying or just the, or just the, you know, the 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 bullshit that successful artists in closing ranks and pulling the ladder up behind them. You know what I'm saying? It's all the other bullshit that they don't tell you about. They just sell you on. No, you can come here, excuse me, you can come here and you're talented and make it or whatever. When the thing is the vast majority of y'all aren't going to make it. I know a bunch of people, you know, it's like I did the opposite after I left high school. Um, I was living in Pomona. I was living in Chino, going to school in Pomona. And then after I went to North Carolina, most people who I talked to, of course, are like, why would you come out here from out there? I was like, I was like, because it's fucking expensive. It's hard to fucking make it. And I don't feel like I can compete right now. I don't think I actually admitted the last part, um but that was deep down what I was thinking. I was like, damn, I don't know if I can really compete if I actually try to step up and put my best foot forward in this shit. And the thing is that in, when I look back, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. Um, it was just a really, but like Dill, like you said, it was just a very expensive uh, way to figure that shit out. <laughs> you know that yeah. I wasn't that I wasn't that I wasn't ready. But at the same time, it's like it, it's. It's a, at the same time. It's like you know what? Sometimes you need to fall really hard, or sometimes you really need a hard revelation um, to help you come to grips with shit and make you realign uh, 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 your way of thinking and your behavior. You know, maybe maybe if I would have only moved one state away, if I only would have moved like an hour away, you know, would it have been easier for me to throw in the towel and just come back at the first sign of trouble and just fall back into the same habits that I you know was trying to get away from, trying to break, you know? But I've gotten the same results if I only moved two states away or you know, it's like whatever. But I only have one life. We only have one life and you take the lessons as you get them and um you know hopefully there will be less self sabotage in the in the future. But before moving on to the next subject, any final thoughts back to you, Dil on it? Or anybody? Self sabotage. <laughs> and moving I guess I guess like move I guess like uh, and moving I guess like moving past it and what are you and what you're doing to um, and what you're doing to curb future self-sabotage and setting yourself up for the best, um, to live your best life going forward.
1: My, mine was an odd case, right? So mm-hmm. with, my, with, with mine, it, it, again, as weird as this sounds, it was an almost literal adversarial relationship with mm-hmm. self-sabotage. And it was like <laughs> this constant undercurrent uh, like that's below the surface... And a lot of it is like how you talk to yourself. Like mm-hmm. ha- having to shoot down negative self-talk is like a constant. You have to be vigilant, mm-hmm. like it, because you're going to gradually steer yourself away from where you want to go. And that—that's mm-hmm. what I like to this day. I always have to like catch myself, like, nah, 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 nah. nah be nice, be nice, mm-hmm. because like it has an effect. It, it yeah, one hundred percent gets you down after a long time it'd be like the same thing as having an external force be abusive for that long but it's you <laughs> yeah yeah no ex- exactly it's like
0: it's like you know how some people try to diminish like oh you know how can you say online abuse so that somebody was bothering you online just turn it off and it's just like no because those thoughts are getting in your head and you know once things just get repeated after a while it's like just because of the way our brains work you know, it just massages it. Massa- uh, it's not even massaging it. It's, um, well, yeah, it's massaging it. You're making your, you, the more that you keep certain ideas or thoughts in your head, the more that it just reinforces them just from being familiar. It's like listening to the, like to a song that you hate 50 times, you know <laughs> saying? After a certain amount of time, you're actually going to start singing along to the tune and you'll be like, wait, I fucking hate this song. Why am I singing along with it? It's just because you got acclimated with it. And that's just how human beings are. We get acclimated to shit. Even if it goes against, even if it cuts against, um, what we actually like or what we're actually into. And so, um, you know, like, like you just said, you have this adversarial relationship with it. Um, I don't think that's too strange. I think a lot of people, what we have to do is accept the fact that, you know, like we, like we get groomed, we get conditioned to thinking a certain way about ourselves and how the world works. And actually this will tie into the next subject very well. Um, uh, uh uh we get tied we get conditioned into thinking the world works a certain way and then when we get hit with the with the reality of it um not everybody handles it the same way some people are able to come you know from that revelation and and improve their life and some people it crushes them and some people they get stuck in a cycle of not being able to change their bad behaviors or always being left um you know somebody else making decisions for them or just kind of, they just kind of go into autopilot and um you know, even though they recognize that they're not in the best, that that autopilot isn't the best for them. It's like after a while you get you get used to it, and they think they believe the cost of changing things, or changing course, is far too expensive and far more detrimental than continuing on with things as is. You know. But moving on to the next subject, real quick, it's it's the myth of meritocracy. Meritocracy is bullshit. Um, good
1: talk.
0: Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> Uh, But no, but it's like in in, in like one of the things that we talk about, like Adam mentioned earlier about like, oh, people have this idea of Hollywood and coming to Los Angeles, blah, blah, blah. And then you come to grips with the reality, you know, or just talking to actual people who live out here and they'll tell you how shitty it is. Um, The same thing goes with meritocracy. We get taught um, that in this day and age uh, uh, that, you know, as long as you work hard and as long as you show up on time and as long as you put in the extra effort and blah, 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 you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, get to the top of the ladder and more and more what we discover is that yeah there are some cases where the people who are most qualified to be where they are actually do have that their position um but even then they're having to fend it off from motherfuckers who want to take it away for some random bullshit it's uh, or, or that there's still you know a lot of ceilings you know saying that people have to go through whether it's a gay ceiling or a black ceiling or a woman ceiling or a trans ceiling or you know whatever the fuck and there's all kinds of different colloquial names that they make up for that shit, but it's like there's boundaries or, or just a poor ceiling. If you come from less money and certain social backgrounds and shit, it's, it's also harder for you to navigate, you know, saying through certain circles, certain spaces. Um, uh, 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 so it's like one of the things coming to grips with, you know, how the world works and how people are is that we've never lived in a true meritocracy and there will never be a hundred percent meritocracy because people, we don't just interact and engage with people, one another, um, in these dry, mechanical terms. Some people want to just look at other human beings as robots and just have fixed uh, uh, behaviors and expectations. Um, but if you're somebody who recognizes just how fluid and how random and unpredictable other human beings are, then it's actually, it actually becomes kind of silly to think that we live in a meritocracy. you know. Um, but y'all's thoughts on that, the myth of meritocracy,
2: all character
0: development (laughs) (laughs) wait say that again
2: it's all character development but
0: what you mean elaborate on that
2: oh i mean i thought just like overall i mean it's just it's all life experience i mean well how do you feel
0: but how do you feel about like how we've been sold the idea of meritocracy but then we have so much more data and information now on the disparity in everything from in everything from voting rights to access to loan credits and loans to um to how certain neighborhoods are or organized, or how you know political gerrymandering or anything like that. Like
2: oh, like, like a, I I think it's I think it's you know since the internet has gotten way better. I mean, going back what 10, 15 years ago, like I feel like it was a lot harder to find you know to find the answers yourself, you know to find the answers yourself or kind of go out and do it yourself, but. You know, now that with politics and trying to figure out what you want to do, like, you know, what you want to start, like, I feel like, yeah, it's gotten way better than ever to actually seek through other people's premises and blogs and, you know, et cetera. Right, right. So I
0: understand, like, what you're saying in that, okay, we're able to do better recon, reconnaissance on... One another. Like, oh, I just, you know, I have a new boss or whatever. Let me find, let me see what their Facebook is like or their LinkedIn or, you know, saying, let me see what the company has done before. Blah blah. blah. I get like you saying, like, you can do more information and everything. But yeah. what I'm talking about more so is how we've been groomed to think that we live in a meritocracy or that there's so much more meritocracy at play than there actually is just in life, whether it's through education, whether it's through art and media, or just, you know, on the job experience of being told that No, it's just about being hardworking and being decent and blah, 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 and then only coming to find out that there were other factors at play and just how, and maybe just kind of divulging um, how you kind of come to that in your own life. Just kind of of like recognizing, just kind of like when you started to recognize or the things that that come to mind that made you realize that, oh, meritocracy is kind of bullshit to a certain degree, that people don't just make it because... They're the smartest, or the most talented, or most hardworking in the room. That they usually come up for a bunch of other reasons that have nothing to do with those factors.
1: Two. Um, uh, hey, if you need yeah. more time to think about it, <laughs> you can just move it to someone else.
0: Yeah, no, it has <laughs> the answer now. I demand
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Dance, my brain puppy. So, My brain is so <laughs> fried right now. <laughs> no, it's all
0: good. We'll go to, uh, we'll, go to Chris, we'll go to Christine. So, to, so Christine, um, you know. Moments in life are just, you know, revelations that you've had about realizing like, oh, it's not actually about being the hardest working or the smartest or the most empathetic, you know, person, you know, person in the room. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's wealth. Sometimes it's connections. Sometimes it's just being able to sometimes it's just having the confidence to throw your weight around and act like you know everything and making other people um, uh, look to you for direction. So kind of just, you know, your thoughts on that and like some of the revelations that you have had pertaining to meritocracy and
3: whatnot. That's, that's quite tough, but I'm going to kind of bring up something, you know, I don't have, you know, the wealth or the connections, like, you know, I, I don't have any of that. I was always basically brought up that hard work basically leads you to other things. That's why I was brought up. I had kind of a, uh, kind of an old fashioned back, old fashioned background. I was brought up, you know, I really looked up to my hardworking grandparents, but also the toxic, how you say how something can be, and then you pull the real, and then the real cover, I will, kind of put that towards my job as a caregiver what nobody doesn't realize is a caregiver is you really sacrifice a lot mm. and by that means by you're really putting your body on the line too as well you end up getting kind of help you kind of get health issues too as well you you sacrifice in a way you're so kind of in your social life so you know, somebody always tells me, you know, you're so lucky to be a caregiver and all the, the I bet you, you know, you, you, know you, you get so lucky, you know, you work from home and all this stuff. And it's not all that glitters. It's not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's funny. Cause I mentioned, uh, this will be real quick. I, I mentioned my father the other day because he was talking about caregivers and whatnot. He's like, man, bless them. It's like, how do they do all that? How do they do all that? And then maintain, you know, all a life outside of that. And I told him, I, and I told him, I was like, they don't, I was like a lot of them, like, you know, your life is usually centered around your patients or um, around your work, you have very limited social life, and that a lot of times it's not very well-paying work. So a lot of them are struggling. A lot of people who are social workers and everything also need—they're um, uh, the ones who need to use social services, and oftentimes that's why they're working in that field because they're—that's because they recognize how important it is for somebody to uh, maintain these institutions and, and resources.
3: Right. I want to bring up something you brought up about you know the mu- the amount of we being paid. You don't realize as a, you know, as a caregiver, you know, because I'm hired through the state, mm-hmm. we had a fight for a raise in our money. I don't know. We were 10, 20, and then we were 10, like every year it would up, go up to 25 cents. So, you know, <laughs> we paid 11 25 an hour. Just recently, you know, a bill got signed in, and the bill got signed in January. So now we're up to 13 an hour. So we had a fight. I mean, every, every, I mean, we were lucky to get maybe 50 cents if you were a raise, but most of the time it was always a quarter.
0: So, wait, a, wait a minute! Isn't the actual minimum wage like
1: fifteen bucks or fourteen bucks right now?
3: No, I'm actually getting paid thirteen. But you know the taxes um, and everything else that get
1: taken off. It depends but, on the county, Samboy.
3: Depends on the county. Like you know, like San Francisco, like up north, they get paid fifteen dollars an hour.
1: That's
0: still oh my god! It's, it's oh not statewide god.
1: yet. Oh okay okay. Yeah, that's what it's, I. It's by okay. county.
3: Okay,
0: that was my mistake. Right. Um, wow, that's fucking nuts. No, but yeah, no, yeah, absolutely I didn't know it was that I didn't know it was that low. Um oh, yeah.
3: But also different states too. You know, sometimes you don't get paid nine bucks, you know, it depends on the too as well and their programs. So caregivers, you know, if you're hired through your state, you know, you get it depends on the wage. You know, sometimes you can get high, sometimes you can get very low pain.
0: That's so criminal. because and the thing is, is that like and I'll hand it over to Dill to talk about meritocracy bullshit in just a second. But the analogy I wanted to make real quick is that, like I served tables for a long time. and it was only the only time I served tables when I was in North Carolina. Now, the rules out there, they're a right to work state, which basically means that they don't have to have a real reason to want to fire you. It could be like, oh, you looked at me wrong or you stepped on my shoe and didn't say anything or blah, 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 blah blah, right? They can use any fucking reason to fire you. And then another thing that's a part of that state with that is if you are if you make your wages through tips, then they can legally pay you below the state minimum wage. Now mind you, the state minimum wage in North Carolina was already like five or six something dollars, right? That's the state minimum wage. They legally paid us two thirteen an hour. and um, you know and it's just like good luck after that. And then to even get food stamps, you have to already be employed or have a child. So if you don't already have a source of income, then you can't even you don't even have access to the social services that are available to help you uh, just maintain in the fucking society. You know, so I definitely under, I definitely understand what you're saying about like different states and counties and how different rule. You know, it's just like oh, I hate the fact that I hate the fact that there are certain things that are not done on a, in a federal way in a standardized way that certain states and counties get to do their shit. You know, any fucking way they want to. Um, but Dylan, your 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 contributions on the myth of meritocracy and mm-hmm. recognizing and and recognizing that sometimes the people who have power positions of power didn't get there through uh quote-unquote righteous means or they didn't quote-unquote earn it
1: you almost started a uh, states rights uh, discussion I, there that's why, skirt,
0: that's, dude, that's why i skirt that's why i know skirting because, the
1: line dude that's why,
0: that's why i'm skirting right away but the thing is is that it's just like you know like i said there's MLK no
1: okay or way
0: well, the thing is, is that like, there's no one. Like I said, human beings, we don't live in in terms of one philosophy or ah, one idea.
1: Ah, it's all good. Like it's all good. I'm teasing you. Yeah. But as far as meritocracy goes, um, I actually, I don't think it's. Uh, I have to agree. I disagree with you slightly in mm-hmm. that I don't think meritocracy is dead or a false. A, a false concept. I think that it's. Uh, it's not sufficient by itself.
0: Well, what I was, what I, what I, or is what that I, what you were arguing? Well, what I was saying is that it's we're be, it's oversold,
1: so it's not as all right. Let me just, I'll just say my piece. I'll just say my. So
0: there's other, so there's other factors that go. Basically, what I'm saying isn't so much that like, oh, you'll never get anywhere on your merit, or most people don't get anywhere because of their hard work. What I'm saying is that oftentimes there's a lot of other factors that go into. Sure. Um, yeah. besides merit, and that sometimes it's the things that aren't merit that override or that there are certain things that override
1: merit. Okay. Let me, let me just come out with it. I think it's, it's it's a 50, 50 mix. I think half of it has to be your work ethic, So the merit meritocracy, the other half has to be um, how sociable you are or or how, uh, how widespread you can be, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. how you can network yourself. yourself. Yeah. And I, I can't speak from experience because I'm trying to do that. I, I mentioned at the very beginning of this that uh, I'm a Twitch streamer, and I'm I'm awful at marketing. I'm friggin' garbage. I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I can recognize when other people are, and they're they're doing the the work in for you know for marketing and for the content itself, and mm-hmm. through that marketing, being personable and being present, you know, mm-hmm. and I think almost unilaterally whatever business you're in whatever sort of industry you 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 have to have both you you have mm-hmm. to be sociable you have to be you have to get along with people it's very very difficult to be some sort of woodcutter in the middle of the Appalachia and like have a crazy stock portfolio you know like
0: you you mm-hmm.
1: have to you have to have both
0: right you have to work with people and, and the thing is like <clears throat> excuse me is that Like, I was talking, the same woman who I mentioned earlier, who I used to date or whatever, and we chat, she works um, at a, you know, big corporation or whatever, and she's an assistant um, in a creative department. And one of the things that she related was how, you know, how she gets along with everybody around, but that she's not really included in, you know, but that she's not really included in, like, the social stuff. And she's like, at first, she was like, well, I don't really want to do it, but that she starts to recognize that, okay that my skills and my talent and my work are only gonna get me so far and that I have to start schmoozing a little more. And I was basically right there with it. And I was just like, yeah, you kinda have to put yourself out there to be like, hey, you know, even though though deep down you don't really wanna hang out with people or that you don't really wanna engage in that conversation, it's like trying to find a way in which you can be engaged and interact with people to that extra degree. So that way you can supplement your merit and be like, wow, you know what? So-and-so is a hard worker And I really like them and I really get along with them or that they seem really cool and we can put them in different situations. Like, hey, what about you coming? You have dinner. We're going to be talking with, you know, such and such, you know, who work over at these offices and blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah. And it's not inherently negative. It really isn't because um, it's straight up. You could have all the talent in the world and you could have a prospective audience, but neither of those things are going to go down if the other, if one party doesn't find the other, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, um. it's a a weird slant because, you know, marketing has, like, such a a negative, like, trickery, what horrible wizardry (laughs) is advertising going to try to convince me to do next? Manipulation, yeah. Yeah, it has a manipulative uh, slant to it. And, you know, a lot of that's deserved. But Mm. pragmatically speaking, if you have something... That someone else could get a use out of and that you want to give, you know, like you have a service or a talent or, you know, uh, music and you have this music and there's someone in God like Egypt or somewhere who's just never going to hear about you. You can make their life better by sharing your gift with them, but that's not going to happen unless you do that necessary evil of Mm -hmm. spreading yourself out there through whatever means, you know, in our our information age, globalized uh, world.
0: Well, and the thing is, I completely agree with you. Um, but the, but the thing is, this is also take note of the way that you framed it is that you said like doing the necessary evil is that it's kind of like with the power conversation we had earlier is that you know we tend to frame these things as being good or inherently good or bad when it's just like no, it comes down to how you to how you
1: use it. Oh yeah, like I said, I I, know. I, I struggle with that. I'm bad at marketing. I I'm not right. good. I didn't lead with the name of my channel. Like that's mm-hmm. oh yeah. You see what I'm getting at? I'm bad at this.
0: Yeah. No no I, <laughs> I said it. I'm a the Twitch streamer. That, like I also understand Yeah. I also I also get where you're coming from because like I said, we grow up being conditioned to think you know, like you said earlier, with manipulation. Like we grow up thinking like, Oh, marketing is manipulation and um just like we always just like we get taught to think oftentimes, oh government is automatically evil or automatically authoritarian. And it's like no, it's not. It's not. None of these things are 100%. This or that. It's yeah, that it's marketing it's sure. is a way for you to, for people who normally wouldn't find you and normally wouldn't be able to deeply invest in your shit, to kind of get a brief 10 to 15 second introduction to what you are, you know, and um, and then hopefully be hooked or not. Because the thing is, there's always going to be. You can only reach. You can only develop that deep bond, you know, that 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 really personable intimate relationship with people to only so many people but the thing is, is that like if you want to expand and have that and have that availability or excuse me be, um be uh accessible to other people outside that intimate circle then you have to be able to like you said stretch yourself out and market and be able to present yourself in a way that somebody who only has 10 seconds to dedicate to you or hell even five or seven seconds can be hooked on your shit as opposed to thinking, no, you have to sit through, you know, my three-hour podcast in full. <laughs> otherwise, you're not. Otherwise, you're not really down, and you don't, you know, and you're not a real fan. It's like, no, fuck that shit. Um, you know, but let's go back to Adam because he didn't. Um, let's go back to Adam uh, and talking about like meritocracy and the limitations of it, and how you have to look beyond, and that how we and that how also we have to stop framing stuff that isn't about meritocracy is that we have to stop putting meritocracy in and of itself on a pedestal and that we have to stop demonizing other shit besides meritocracy because any one of us would use our relation to one another to give ourselves an advantage you know I'm saying in a situation oh hey i didn't realize you know hey did you want to come up in line with me and no 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 it's fine don't worry about them you can cut in line up here with me Um, you know, saying, or if somebody says they're like, oh, I really need some extra toilet paper and I can't find it in the store, it's like, hey, you can come cop some for me or whatever the fuck. We're going to use our relationships, we're going to use other stuff besides merit. Um, It's just about putting things in perspective and recognizing when, recognizing the limitations of it. So, um, would you like to make a few comments on that?
2: I mean, coming from, I mean, I don't know if this is you know, relating to it but like how you said, like, with being kindness and all that, but, you know, I've seen that some restaurants actually offer um i guess when you you know supporting small businesses they'll actually give you a free roll of toilet paper
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah and it's just like trying to find alternatives in that way of um, i don't know I if hear, that <laughs> i hear,
0: I, hear, I, hear, I hear what you're getting at in that restaurants are you know in one way that they one way they're trying to distinguish themselves and and keep themselves pre and keep themselves relevant yeah. in the conversation is being like you know cuz a lot of restaurants aren't operating or there are some ones that are strictly doing drive-through but you know um um it's like there's still a lot of stiff competition for that uh, so then how what's one way that you can sweeten the deal or kind of help spread your name is being like yo there's five or six restaurants on this block but this is the only one that's offering toilet paper with each purchase and shit yeah. you know saying so it's like you're you're so the thing is i get what you're saying is that it's operating with the sense that you can't just think like, "Oh, our food is good, and we've gotten good reviews, and this particular critic likes us, so then everybody should just naturally find us. And it's like that's not how it works. People, you don't know, you don't know what way people are going to find you. That's why if you go into your analytics, if you're if, that's why if you go into like your analytics on YouTube or whatever you know streaming service or whatever, it'll break down to you what age what age groups tend to listen to you. It'll break down what days and what time of days people tend to listen to you. it'll break down. Uh, how long people visit, you know, listening to you, what devices and you know what country and blah 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 blah. And it's like, you know, this is all telling you where and how people are finding your shit. So that way you can continue to fine tune the way that you present your stuff and what topics you discuss and how you do it to help um, engage and you know engage with your respective audience more, or disengage if you find that you're attracting the wrong kinds of uh, wrong kinds of people. Either way. Um, so no, it, it does fit, um, you know, cause I was just talking about how we need to look beyond just, you know, meritocracy and not always look at it, not always look at meritocracy in and of itself as a good thing. And not always look at like, you know, nepotism or other things that don't have anything to do with meritocracy as inherently bad, but yeah, we got a, we're closing in on three hours. So we'll just kind of cut to like the last couple, last couple topics. So one thing, another thing I wanted to talk about is and this will relate back to like the coronavirus and shit is that be wary of because i've been seeing a bunch of memes and people talking about like oh because basically because human um industry has had to uh has taken a hit and we've cut back on a lot of production and and the shit we normally do like oh the water is cleaner and the sky is clearer and you know you know less allergies and shit like that for people and it's like yes that is a good consequence and then some people are saying or i'm seeing. Excuse me, some posts, some people saying that, like, oh, um, Corona isn't the disease. Human beings are the disease. See how, see how the world would be without us? It, it's, it's like, look, human beings are not a disease. We can organize the way, our way to do things. Yeah, there's always going to be waste, and yeah. there's always going to be waste associated with us. I mean, until, the, until every individual dies, there's always going to be runoff and, and bullshit like that. But we can already reduce the way that we consume. And we can already change the way we do this shit. And by the way, um, don't ever let somebody use this shit to get you down because the vast majority of pollution in this fucking world is created by less than like half a dozen companies around the fucking world. Yeah. Okay, so if, they, if these people are talking about, oh, you know, oh, the water's so clean and the air's so clean, it's like, oh, you know, human beings are the disease. No, these greedy fucking capitalists and these greedy fucking people who run these factories and these sweatshops who don't want to change shit and get and improve conditions and make things better for people because that would cut their margins. No, they are the fucking disease. And if you want to say somebody doesn't deserve to fucking exist, they're the motherfuckers that don't.
3: Yeah. Because what...
0: A, oh, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Oh, No, I was thinking about the other day how, you know, how a lot of people who have to work at home and all that, if that might play a role after this that maybe, you know, this might reduce, tra- you know, people, actually people working maybe, you know, maybe three to four days out of the week instead of five, you mm-hmm. know, kind of, you know, limiting, you know, if it's possible that, like, you know, people that are adapting to working at home, mm-hmm. if that's going to be the fact, then, I mean, you know, just this, just thinking out loud, but, yeah. you know, no, I wouldn't I get mind, it, like, if, like, for these people that, you know, say instance like, they make you know, $20 an hour. But Mm -hmm. after all this, if, if they told me like, Oh, well you can actually work at home. And I mean, you Mm -hmm. can, you know, come into the office two days all the week, but we're going to deduct, we're going to take, you know, we're going to cut your check by two to $3. Yeah. I would, I wouldn't mind. I honestly truly wouldn't mind, you know, saving gas and, Mm -hmm. you know, carbon footprint, Mm
0: -hmm. like that
2: would make a huge change in our habits and, you know, and, you know, helping out with climate, you know, reducing climate change.
0: No, I absolutely agree. The only problem with that is, is that the people who can work from home, those jobs, it's already so small. Like most people, uh, most jobs require people to be on site because, um, just because the way our economy is structured, like we have a consumer society based society. And so it's like, I think it's over like 70% based consumption, which means we need people out, you know, buying, Um, you know, buying furniture, we need people out, you know, saying, uh, uh, um, you know, saying buying new phones, we need people out buying this shit. It's like, yeah, more people are buying stuff online, but the vast majority of purchases and shit still happen um, face-to-face, and most transactions happen face-to-face. And so what this whole crisis has shown is that so much of our economy is redundant and um, decades behind, because a truly efficient economy would... You know, saying have the means to be able to take care of their people and allow them to still be productive in the midst of this uh, in the midst of this crisis. And so the thing is, I completely agree that like if I could do my job from home and they pay me, you know, the same or just a little bit less or maybe I have less hours, I'm like fuck yeah, I would do that and just try to make up that income doing other shit, probably focusing more on my creative creative yeah you know which I'm doing right now you know because the thing is like the whole example I gave of people who repeat stuff like that even if they don't necessarily know it. What they're repeating is um, the philosophy of eugenics and ecofascism. Now what that means, if you uh, 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 eugenics, for those that don't know, it's basically um, treating human beings like plants and like animals like, oh, we can breed certain traits and certain behaviors and stuff out, which it's like. It, which is like, yeah, you know, when F, when people's groups mix, yeah, skin tone and hair and you know different predispositions to diseases, yeah, that's all you know, very, that's all very real um, and and actually happens. But eugenics was specifically designed because uh, it was designed by Western Europeans at first to designate um, Eastern Europeans um, because they'd be like, oh, their tongue, their their language or whatever, their religion or their social practices made them inferior. To the more quote unquote enlightened Western Europeans. And and then, you know, and then basically as Western Europe started to colonize the world, they just applied the same thinking to every other group of people they came to interact with. And so, um, you know, eugenics is basically just the philosophy that there are certain behaviors like, oh, criminality or uh, intelligence or morality that can be literally bred out. And so eugenics was the basis of the Atlantic slave trade. It's the, it was the basis of um, uh, the Holocaust. It was the basis of, uh, hell, even Stalin implemented that shit to a certain degree. Um, because it's, it's the belief that certain elements, that they can either be bred out or that you have to completely exterminate a group of people because behaviors, um, you don't think behaviors happen at an individual level. You think they happen at a group level. Um, and then eco-fascism, which is just adding eco as an ecology and fascism, is basically, the, uh, is basically like the people who recognize that the environment is doing better and that, and that the way that we live is um, detrimental to the ecological system, but that, the, but that their solution to it is fascism, or in other words, that a certain number of people and types of people need to perish in order for um, the prosperity of a, of a select group of motherfuckers. So so be, so it's like be wary of that because that person whether they whether they're who's repeating that shit they may or may not be aware of it um, that they're repeating that shit that that but basically what they're saying is that oh some people deserve to die because um, some people deserve to die for the benefit of of other people because uh, the way that they behave or the way that they you know act or think is uh is uh is uh is in- inherently inferior and needs to be disposed of let's go to christine first
3: wow well, to think of something you know tell that to my allergies you know for people to say <laughs> oh the air cleaner and all this stuff because my allergies are not having it right now when yeah. it comes to the air but you know uh, I, you know I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna have a mixed answer on that one mixed mm-hmm. because i feel maybe both parties are to blame you know You know, I've been seeing pictures all over the internet, you know, how there's people are saying, oh, look at the water's clean, or, you know, the air, the pollution, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm very mixed. Mm -hmm. I I would say everybody plays a part and a role. Mm
0: -hmm. Everybody. Right. But I mean, the thing is, is that like, there is, it is weighted differently. So like, so kind of like with the, with the, with the, with the stimulus bill that was passed, right? It's like, yeah, there's shitty Democrats and Republicans, but it was, it was the Republicans that were primarily trying to give. The you know benefits to like Trump's businesses and to more breaks for the wealthy and big businesses yeah, and agree. shit and blah blah blah. So it's like so in this situation it's like like I said earlier is that yeah while individuals individual people we could be better about um, using renewable sources of energy and shit like that. But the thing is we don't we're not responsible for creating that shit. Most people don't nobody creates the cars that they use. Nobody mines the oil and petroleum that we put in our cars. We get that shit from these corporations. The vast which you know I think it's like seven or eight corporations around the world that are responsible for like almost half of the pollution so the thing is if we would get these major corporations to just reform their shit that would take care of more pollution than individuals could do um all around the world
3: absolutely take let those corporations take the responsibility yeah responsible mm -hmm. for their actions
0: right because that's what enables other human beings that's what enables individuals to be able to do right because if tesla's were as readily available as honda civics there'd be a lot more teslas on the road around the world you know but for multiple reasons um that isn't the case and um you know it's why you know it's why there's still so many cars i mean hell the car that i drive is over 25 it's over 20 plus years you know i'm saying i know it's not the most efficient shit, but it's like it's what i could afford at the time and it's still kicking so i'm gonna keep using it even though i know it's worse for the environment in the long run but uh, but what about you? What about you, Adam? Your thoughts on uh, that conversation of uh, seeing those posts and seeing the 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 getting a glimmer of how things could be different, but um, but then also not justifying it for the wrong reasons.
2: I mean, just going way way back, it's yeah, like change like from going back to normal, like this has to change. I mean, like yeah, like I guess you do see results in a way, but I mean, it's so easy to slip back, you know. Like people still falling into consumerism and all that.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the thing is, we only con- consume. We can only consume what is made available to us. Yeah. You know, because we don't. Most, most people don't get the farm or or you know create the shit that they that they have. Most people don't have access to the resources, which is why a motherfucker like me is like the workers. You know, citizens. Does you know should own like utilities should be nationalized. There should be no private utilities to at least not to a certain degree at least. Yeah. Um, in my mind um, But yeah, but what about you, Dil? Um, And seeing these, and seeing people talk about Like, oh, trying to make it Basically coming to the wrong conclusion Or not, I don't want to give it I don't want to weight it down like that But people um, But what are your thoughts on that shit Of like eco-fascism and eugenics And related to like disease And oh, that was the thing I left out Is that with with that shit Some people are seeing the coronavirus as a blessing Because they're like, oh we should just allow a certain amount of people to die, because, um, like, oh, when the plague, when the black, when the black plague hit Europe, that decimated an entire class and it allowed certain groups of people to um, to come up because there was no more competition in town. I a lot of, I've been seeing a lot more people who have those kind of cynical takes, and not even always just right wing people, but just also left wing people who are just like, look, we need a certain number of people to die off because that'll make the system more uh, efficient. And the thing is, if you pay attention to what's happening in these hospitals and shit, you would know that's the complete opposite effect that it's having. So would you like to elaborate a little more, Dil?
1: Yeah, I'm going to tackle that one directly. When uh, when people say that if you know X number of people would die, the world would be better, they're not fucking talking about themselves or their family. They have someone um, no. else in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's always, it's always somebody else. It's never me or my family. It's every, For some reason, everybody who says that shit no matter how low on the totem pole they are, they always see themselves and their people as the exceptions to the rule.
1: Yeah, and, and that's that's why that line of thinking is ultimately flawed and immediately flawed because mm-hmm. they're, they're not they're not thinking it through and they're not taking in the full repercussions of what that thinking is. And then it, it, th- that sort of language too is really bad because anything that lowers a human being to being less than a human being you know, mm-hmm. if you say, "Oh, people are a disease," again, they're not talking about themselves. They don't think of mm-hmm. themselves as a disease. They're thinking of someone else, someone specific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, that 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 sort of like language, you know, like you want to be romantic about it and see this beautiful earth, but like that shit gets people killed. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. And that actually um, uh, goes into uh, one more thing. I think we'll get into the, like the last two topics. The last topic, just to kind of get it in y'all's minds is um, the fact that voting will not save us. Voting alone cannot save us um, in these situations, although it is still important to vote. That'll be the last topic, but the topic I want to get into right now is, I want to talk about, um, actually I lied, we'll do three subjects. The last one will be voting will not save us. The second one will be individuals versus institutions the one that we'll get into right now that's still kind of on the back of the last thing is the romanticization of nativism or primitivism so there's along with that like you know people talking about oh human beings are disease, or that we need to revert back to you know life being less having less technology or going back to the way things used to be in some imagined primitive paradise where there's less technology and less medicine and shit like that it's like the thing that people don't Except is that um, you know, part of the reason why human beings have been able to uh become what we are is because of how much we adapt to our situations and make the most of whatever's there. And so motherfuckers talk about like, oh, you know, life was so much more simpler before we had microwaves or before we had, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's like you're not considering the fact that tons of people were dying from all kinds of diseases that we have vaccines for, shit that you're vaccinated for. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, people imagine themselves people imagine themselves as being more ready for the collapse of society or for things to revert back when there was less technology than they actually are. Like, most motherfuckers, if you told them that they couldn't use cars, automobiles anymore tomorrow, um, and that they would just have to go back to using bikes and shit, yeah, they would be cool for, like, a week. And then they would have to... uh, uh, And then they would be talking about, damn, I have to make multiple trips to go to the grocery store, or, you know, "I, I... Yeah, or or whatever kind of bullshit. Like people don't really take into a they over romanticize this idea that oh, if I go and live off the grid, that's probably the biggest thing that I've encountered. I've I've encountered a lot of people who talk about I want to live off the grid and just be by myself and you know blah 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 blah.
2: They see it in the movies and they think it's all that it's it's uh yeah it's romanticized.
0: Yeah, it's this it's this it's this kitschy idea of that oh these people were able to live this life and that it's it's this every it's the um I forget what the term is but and it's always it's almost always with men but it's this idea that oh I can be the every man that I that I can be you know super strong and super agile and super intelligent and super resourceful and I can handle all of this shit you know what I'm saying and then you never take into account what if you get a fucking stomach flu what if you eat some bad food what if you you know what I'm saying you get um um uh, you break a leg, you fall unconscious and shit, and you're the only person around for thirty miles.
1: That's legit the plot of Into the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Into the
0: Wild was that? Yeah. Was that the one? Was that the one
1: with uh, Leo? Uh, no, no, this one's older. I, I just looked it up. It's a two thousand seven film. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's 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 a guy having that that faulty line of thinking of just like more pure, but his problem, his you know his ultimate. I guess I'll spoil it for you. His ultimate downfall is uh he's not properly prepared and he you know he, he doesn't he doesn't adapt. Like he yes. eats some bad food and just like that thing you were like joking about is legit how the film ends. Is the guy eats yeah. a bad <laughs> pair of food I mean a, a bad batch of food and like gets paralyzed and starves to death. It's it's messed. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. I mean
0: and the thing is and the thing is, is that like you don't even have to go off the grid for that shit to happen. There are people who don't get found for weeks or months who live Uh, in these condominiums who live in these apartments that have dozens or hundreds of people living in them, you know? Um, So it's very easy to just fall off or just have something happen to you and human beings, just not other human beings, not even be able to come uh, and assist you. And then it's like, you want to make it harder for them because you have this, you know, kitschy notion, this cute notion that somehow that, that, that the trappings of society are so overwhelming that, you would be better off. And and the thing is, look, I'm I'm not a city person. I've never enjoyed like really being in the city unless I absolutely have to. It's just too much for me. Um I like being in more low-key settings, but I also but once again, I accept the trade-off with that. I accept the fact that being further away from the center of shit means that when I when it comes time for me to actually want to use that stuff, it's going to be um a little more out of reach. It's going to take a little more effort to get to it. But but it's like, I accept that. And, um, you know, if I were to go, you know, suddenly go up and get him to the woods, I would definitely be getting a lot more prepared than a lot of these motherfuckers who profess to be so ready for it would. What about you, uh, Christine or, uh, Adam, any further thoughts?
2: Uh, I mean, I love camping, but <laughs> I mean, if it can but I mean, if it came down to that stream, I mean, it is, that is a bigger challenge and, you know, yeah, it's, you know, thinking about your next—you have to be thinking about your next meal—and I think that's really shitty. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard, but I mean, it's just if it has to come down to those circumstances, I mean, yeah, it's. But, I don't think there's anything glamorous about that. Right. You know, trying, trying to figure out a way to capture water. Uh, you know, fighting off, yeah, fighting off animals. <laughs>
0: yeah, diseases
2: and you know all that other shit.
0: What about you, Christine? Any thoughts before we move on to the next one?
3: Well, it's gonna be kind of simple. I think it just depends on the circumstance of the situation that we're put in. That's how I would put this as, mm-hmm. like put it, you know, like right now we're all being, you know, to our homes and you know, some people are, are okay with it and then some people are just not, they're not heeding words, so to speak.
2: Yeah, true that, for sure. Yeah.
0: All right, so we want to the second to last topic, which is individuals versus, versus institutions.